0: Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the outside voice studios podcast i'm your host bo spencer today i'm very excited to have in my studio one of the great artists and great muralists out there that's taken over the world slowly but
1: surely and that's my brother kipto Yo, what's up bo thanks for having me i'm uh i'm super jazzed to be out here in jt with you and uh really great setup you got over here so um we had a great weekend so far and now we're gonna close it out with the uh, cool podcast oh yeah man
0: absolutely we uh we grilled out a little bit yesterday um you came out you were like man i gotta get the hell out of the city so i was happy to have you we did a little grilling and then uh we woke up this morning did some hiking climbed a little bit of a mountain out there in the park uh that's pretty crazy man what'd you think that's your first time out here what'd you think about that
1: yeah it was it was nuts because you look up from from the bottom and you're like wow how the hell am i gonna climb that and you start climbing halfway through like Oh, This is easier than I thought, and you get all the way to the top, and you're like, this is harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah. When we get up there, everything's just so quiet and peaceful and, and humbling, and y- you just realize, like, you're such a little pug in this huge system, and, and then you can step back and, and realize that we're on this beautiful rock all together, and you just kind of, it's almost like a vacuum up there with the with the noise and... With me and you up there, we just kind of had a little heart to heart, and you kind of just like relax and figure out the next step, you know.
0: Yeah, man, it's uh it's wild being up there because you can see for I mean, twenty, thirty miles. I mean, it's wild. It's it's definitely like land before time out there. Um, I I usually go into a place called Jumbo Rocks in the park, and I'll take you there next time. But um, yeah, and. I I like that climbing and like you said it humbles you and uh you get out there and you're like oh shit I'm actually out here in nature if something goes wrong I got to handle this you know it's like and if if I, if I if I jump and I snap my ankle it's like I still have to find a way down from this mountain you know so uh it's pretty cool it's nice to do something like that I've been I've been running miles every day, and that's just you know kind of keep a discipline on myself, keep things going like that. But um, it's nice to switch up the workout every once in a while. You said that you've been working out
1: a little bit lately. Yeah, it's good to it's good to take a break from from sitting and painting or sitting and editing all day, and get out there and throw some weight around and, and like do, put some miles in. And I see you running on your Instagrams. And I'm like, I gotta get running too, man. So you know, you put those miles in and. It, it, all the endorphins coming through your body it's just like your mind and your body are so connected so it just feels so good you've been
0: doing a lot of traveling also so i think i feel like it's difficult to get in that workout and uh you know eat right and do all that kind of stuff whenever you're on the road um let's get into those travels a little bit man where uh you're like mr international over here bro so uh where have you been what are your most recent trips
1: okay well i I um, earlier this summer I took like a two month trip through Europe and it was like a pretty much like a self guided tour. I got invited to France and I got invited to Finland for a couple festivals, but they were they were like a month apart. And I was like, well, shit, if I'm gonna do this, I might as well make a little tour out of it, you know. So, and and I went to the I started in Grenoble, France. And I had no plans after that. I was just asking people, like asking the people in France. I was like, where should I go next? What do you like? What do you like? Because they know Europe better than I do. And it was my first time over there. So it was a really, really cool, humbling, challenging, sometimes lonely, sometimes really mentally stressful, but uh, in the end, very rewarding uh, experience.
0: It's uh, it's crazy because that's I think that's how I first found you or came across your work, and it was on YouTube, man. And you're going to all these places, and you're like fucking putting up these walls that are amazing, these murals, and it's, it's very genuine. You know, you're not hiding behind like. You don't have a camera crew following you around. You're doing all this shit yourself, man. So for you to be packing around equipment and then also trying to find paint and all that, I was drawn to you're like the Anthony Bourdain of of mural arts right now. That's how I feel. Um, so and the way that you do it, yeah, you're talking about. You know, you speak to the locals. What would you do? Where should I go next? That's uh, that's that's how it should be. You can go online and find. Oh, well, this is the travel destination, and oh, this is Yelp approved, but. Sometimes you end up in a jungle somewhere, painting a wall on an abandoned military building. And I mean, what's that like? What have you learned traveling like that? Have you picked up any any pro tips and things to definitely avoid?
1: Um, well, first of all, the, I I go with the locals because I actually suck at traveling, right? And I when I'm trying to do research, like I get I just go down the, these weird holes, and like I get so frustrated with trying to do research before travel that I end up just saying you know, fuck it, I'm just going to go and figure out what happens, and my my first real um, experience was through uh, South America a couple of years ago in 2016, that was my first real time getting out there and getting after it, because I was tired of waiting to get invited to these places, and I was like, I know my work's good enough, I want to prove myself that I can do this, and if it's something that I really want to do, then I'm going to go do it and and prove it to myself that I can, so, and like, uh, the biggest things that I've learned is just to embrace it all and and really kind of find yourself and, and be as authentic to yourself as you can while you're traveling and you'll you'll figure out what you like and, and what you don't like and I've learned that most people in this world are incredibly genuine and friendly people and. Everyone just wants the same thing, health, wealth, and happiness, and to pursue their dreams. And uh, no matter where you go, you'll find people like that. And so it's really rewarding and and great to find these people who share the same passions as you no matter where you go. And if it's painting walls or if it's any kind of art form, singing or dancing or whatever, you can always find people who are who are passionate just like you and being able to be around those kind of same people and and do your thing together it's just like this you you start to feel this uh wholeness and and spiritualness about it that you can only get from those kind of experiences so it's um it's great to get out there and do it and then I I come home to LA and I'm I'm often just working when I'm home and doing my videos or or doing jobs here and there so when I'm traveling it's it's kind of like a yin yang you know and I'm traveling to to kind of experience life to the fullest that I can while I'm doing it and I'm not editing anything while I'm traveling I save all my editing for when I get home and um I just try and and do this kind of I've so far I've done like one or two big trips every year for the last two and a half years and um each time I I learn something new and I go to a, a different place and uh, if you watch my YouTube it's pretty obvious I've been to South America at least three times, three or four times. So that place has definitely got a, a cool place in my heart. Colombia is amazing. And, you know, when I did the tour in 2016, I I set up, I went to Bogota, Buenos Aires and Rio de Janeiro. And... I set up those three places. Cause uh, those are the things that I'd heard of. I'd, I didn't do, I was like, okay, those are the three big places. I'll just hit those. Right. And, uh, I looked on Facebook and I, I found some people in Bogota who are painting and I just messaged them. They didn't speak English, but I just, I figured they were cool people. And I was like, Hey, I'm coming to Bogota. Maybe you want to paint? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. And trans using translator to communicate. And, uh, I looked up some, like, uh, Bogota studio tours, figure out if they could help me, and I found a really cool guy named Jay, really, really cool guy. He's fluent in both languages. He lived in the U.S. for a while, and um, he helped me a lot. And, you know, I met Javier, which is now one of my best friends in, in Colombia, and we smashed the wall together and had the most incredible time in Bogota, kicked it off really strong. And I was like, okay, I'm meant to be here. This is what I'm meant to do. And I'm, I'm feeling good about this. And, you know, as you went along, I this guy helped me connect with that guy. And, like, that guy knew somebody in Buenos Aires so I could do that. And then, you know, and then I went to Rio. And I started all over again because Rio is Portuguese. And I just started to pick up a little bit of Spanish. And then I had to, you know, Portuguese is close enough to <laughs> Spanish, but not not really that close, you Same know. Yeah. yeah, so, um you know, I just also Instagram really helps too with with getting to know people and getting to getting to connections. When I started doing this in 2016, um, I didn't have any followers. I didn't have any YouTube. Like I had maybe like 600 subscribers on YouTube, and I had like I don't know a thousand followers on on Instagram. So this all this all came about after I had been hired on the show called The Amazing Race. Mm. And I had quit washing dishes uh, like six months prior and I got this. Hold on, hold on. You can't just brush over The Amazing
0: Race. What did you do? What do you mean? What did you do for The Amazing Race? Okay,
1: so, yeah, I I had, it had been six months into my professional life as a full-time artist and I got um, six months before that, I had done a little gig for the amazing race like in in Santa Barbara for like a weekend, right and I made a good impression and I you know I made a good impression with the production designer of the show, and I gave him a present at the end of the show just so he could remember me and uh, like a custom painting and uh, then you know the following year, he had a position opened up on his team, and he he was the fir- I was the first one that he thought of. And Were he, you doing paintings or I was just doing my mural stuff, you know, and I was actually in the middle of painting a mural when he called me up and he's like, What are you doing? I was like, I'm out here painting in Koreatown, what's up with you? And and he's like, I got a I got a job opening. You're my first call. Come over to the to the to the studio and, and talk about this with me. I was like, Okay. So, you know, I told him about my leadership experience and it was like a leadership position in the crew of the amazing race in the art department, and that's a that's nice. a big deal, right? For a show on CBS, like a prime time show on CBS, that's been running for like 20 seasons, and I was about to—I was just this kid about to work on this show. I was the youngest kid on the whole team on the entire staff, and um, you know, I got paid to travel to Africa. I got to go to Tanzania and I got to go to um, Zanzibar, and then that—that that was this crazy experience in Africa. And I was doing all these things. I had—I had crazy access because of the show and. But that was my first real-time uh, kind of getting out there into the world. I'd been to Italy before that. And then after Italy, I mean, after Africa, I went to Venice, Italy. And by this time, I was really kind of slipping. Wasn't doing a very good job on the show. It wasn't my area of expertise. I was a little bit in over my head, a little bit naive. All all these things added up to like me just really not being prepared for this position. And I can admit that now. It's just underprepared, um too young, not good enough and uh also I was slapping up stickers all over Venice. Oh nice. <laughs> and uh they ended up uh firing me after that. Oh, they're like they're like you're not get out of here, you're fired. So I was like, well, that was definitely not for me, but I know that now and what I want to do is take the money I earned on the amazing race and I made my own fucking TV show on YouTube. Right? I was like, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to twist it into what I want to do. Take my money. I'm going to travel through South America and just do it my way. Make my own TV show. I can, I've can. i been making movies since I was 13 years old. And I didn't have any, like, like I said, I didn't have any subscribers. I just started pumping out videos like I had subscribers. And like I made them as professional as I wanted, as professional as I could. I was so happy with this show. And I was just so rewarding to work on doing everything myself, and, uh, and then people started to notice, and, and when I posted these, these videos, people started to, to catch on, and when I first started posting them, I would get like 300 views on these videos, and I'd post them on Facebook, trying to get any traction that I could.
0: Well I feel like all that like that's good and what a lot of people don't understand is that you got to start somewhere man you know you're not going to you're not going to post a video and get a million YouTube subscribers overnight you know you just got to keep at it same thing with podcasting and stuff like that you know or art in general you've got to do it because you love it this is something that you you want to do it's not we're sharing it yes but it's not necessarily like we're doing it for the other people you're doing it for yourself and uh it, like you're saying the humbling realizing that oh shit here's a great job that I wasn't prepared for I had something similar to that I used to work for Universal Studios doing scenic art and set design and it was one of the, it was a great job but uh it wasn't what I, I didn't want to get stuck into doing that kind of work so I quit and I was like and on my own you know let's do this art thing uh so traveling as much as you did do you feel like that that travel influenced your art did you start using new color schemes? Were there new subject, you know, was there new concepts that you were coming up with? How did that work?
1: When I think about it, I would hope so. But in the end, you know, some of your habits stick with you. And, you know, it's tough to break your habits of painting. But um, I like I like traveling because it's limiting. And especially when you're doing it on your own and you're paying for everything yourself, uh, you're buying all your own paint, you're buying everything yourself. And, you know, money goes quick and you got a budget. So, you know, you pick that kind of that kind of like developed into how I use only a few colors in all my paintings because it's cheaper, yeah. It's cheaper and easier and faster. And uh, you know, I'll, red and blue. I'll pick red and blue and use those colors, and uh, you know, variations of the shades, obviously. But I'll pick those colors and, and run with it. And maybe I'll have two or three murals in one city. I can use all those colors for all the all the pieces, and they're all gonna look the same just because of necessity and easiness and um
0: yeah we got to talk about how you were in peru um and in the taxi and kind of lost all your gear but first what what's it like how how difficult is it to find paint out there and I'm, i assume there's not like montana spray paint everywhere you go so do you have to change do you have to move to like interior paints and stuff like that and use more rollers and brushes where you would
1: normally use spray paint um you'd be surprised to find a pretty good paint and you know in Bogota is I would say one of the biggest art capitals of the world there's a crazy amount of murals and graffiti out there and the art scene is huge so they got really good paint over there so it wasn't really a problem in Bogota Um, they do have their Colombian stuff it's called Amen and it's still really good paint you know and I use a combination of Amen and, and Montana's just to fill out my color palette and actually the first the first two murals in Bogota, I just used straight oh, amen. I wanted to use the, the local stuff. I was like, give me just the local stuff. And they don't have as many colors as Montana. So that was why I was limited in it. It was a challenge, but it's also like, I really like how it came out. I was like, this is dope. Like, And, and you know, um, when you're, it is in certain areas, very difficult to find particular paint, uh, especially buff paint. Buff paint is harder to find than spray paint mm. sometimes, um, because in these Latin American countries, like they don't have a lot of times. Like you can't go to like a Home Depot and get any color you want under the sun. Like yeah. it, they just have the basics, like a red and a blue and a white and a yellow and and maybe like a I don't know an orange if you're lucky. Um, so do you
0: end up mixing your own colors then. Yeah, you do
1: a lot of mixing or. Um, You find a particular shop that does have a custom mixer, and you can you can make these custom colors, and that helps with time. But um, see, yeah, like when I was in Peru, I was like I was hanging out with this guy who like kind of said, "Hey, I got a house over here in like an art house here, and we do workshops and stuff in in Lima. You should come by." I was like, "Yeah, okay." (laughs) I was already in South America at the time, so I came through Lima. And I was on like a travel kick, and I was just kind of like going wherever I wanted and just trying to try new things. And uh, I had a tough time in in Peru. It was challenging, and Lima is a big-ass city, the loudest city I've ever been to. They they honk their horn every five seconds. I was staying in the center of the city, and the house that I was staying at was very, very old, and um, the structure was not the best. They had holes in the roof, like in my room had a hole in the roof. Uh, so I like, just all those noises came in and all day and all night just hearing this really loud city but um, that was one of the trickiest places to find paint in Lima like they have really kind of <laughs> basic really basic stuff of spray paint I don't even remember what it's called it's called Knopf or something and it's uh, a picture of like a hot chick naked on the can and like it's just like the cheapest like corniest thing you can find, but they got like pink, blue, black, red, maybe a yellow. Like that's that's your that's your palette. And I had to go to like this crazy like arch this tiny little art shop in like dangerous part of town just to get some colors from Montanas that I wanted and I mean I could go on and on about Lima. It was kind of like a bad experience for me. It was one of my worst trips, to be honest, but
0: I was gonna say, tell the people about uh, hopping in the taxi and losing yeah, yeah. some gear.
1: Um, you'll see if you watch that video on my YouTube. Like I just, I was in over my head. I was, I had this kind of tunnel vision. I was kind of on a roll with the with the traveling and the painting. This was after my first trip through Colombia, and I'd met a girl when I was in Bogota the first time. And Uh-oh. yeah, <laughs> you know how this goes. And uh, I uh, kind of went back six months later. In April kind of visit her again we went th- actually had a really nice time through Columbus she took me to these really cool places but then I went to Peru afterwards because I was already there and uh wasn't prepared for Peru at all I didn't have any contacts except for this guy whose art house I was staying at and um I didn't have any like I was trying to make connections with the graffiti guys it didn't really didn't really happen and Trying to have a, I was having a tough time finding paint, having a tough time finding a place to paint. I painted a, a skate park, which was a cool warm up, but I wanted something bigger and more substantial. I was getting greedy, and uh, I just started wandering around Lima myself, looking for a wall. It's hard enough in the states, let alone in a different country in Peru. We don't speak that, that much Spanish, and I was just wandering around and finally found like this big blank wall in, in the middle of, of Lima somewhere. And uh, I don't remember the town and I was like, OK, I'm going to paint here. I don't even care if it's illegal or not. And If I get arrested, well, that'll be another story, you know, but I, I end up going home. And uh, the next day I was like, OK, going to wake up early. I'm going to buy all the paint and all the supplies that I need. And I had it was just me and I had met another artist at this time and he was like, no, wait for me, like, wait. And I'll meet you there, and then we'll go together. And and I was just so gung-ho and tunnel-visioned about painting this wall. And I was like, no, I'm just going to do it myself. And I was being so stubborn and and such a – just a douchebag. And um, I ended up – I had a a huge bag full of spray paint that I went to the store in the bad part of town to get all this spray paint. And I had uh, a paint pole, my backpack full of all my camera gear, and I had, like, two handfuls full of paint, a paint pole, in my backpack, and all this stuff. And I hail a taxi. And I needed, like, one more thing of buff paint, a bucket paint. And uh, I, I tried to go to uh, Maestro, which is, like, a Home Depot, to get this paint. Hopped in the taxi, and uh, the, t- the taxi driver took me there. Obviously, I'm a gringo. It's very evident. And uh, I had nice experience with taxis before then. I wasn't really concerned and but I was wasn't thinking clearly at this point in in time and like I said this crazy tunnel vision and I just wanted to get there and uh, I had to meet my friend there like time was running out and you know I went I he stopped in the maestro and uh, I was about to get out I opened the door and uh I had my backpack on my shoulder and I I opened the door and he's like hey um you going to your next place like I'll This was in like Spanish, half English. He was like, I wait here, you get to paint and you come back and we go to the next spot. And I was like in a clouded form of judgment and and not thinking clearly. I was just like, yeah, okay." So I took off my backpack off my shoulder, got out of the car and then I went to the store, got the paint and I was like thinking in my head, I was like, what are the chances that that guy's still even there? Sure enough, I come out of the store, guys. guy's gone. Oh, my God. I asked the security guard. I was like, hey, do you see a a taxi roll through here? He's like, yeah, he left like five minutes ago. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) That sucks,
0: man. So what uh, what all did you lose in that little transaction?
1: Lost like almost $200 worth of paint. I lost my camera gear, which is like a DSLR and a GoPro and my sketchbook, which... And then my other sketchbook would have had like a couple years worth of sketches from all over the world, and my other sketchbook and what what kept you going? How did you not just throw in the towel right there? Well, it's like uh, it's like the classic Rocky story, you know, beaten but not broken, you know, and and I I knew that I I mean believe me, I was really fucking sad and really bummed out, and and you know my friend, I luckily I still had my phone in my pocket, so I had communication, but I, it was just my person and the clothes on my back. And I, I mean, I had all my stuff in my room, but the things that were in the taxi were all gone. And so I called my friend who was supposed to meet me there. And then an hour later he, he shows up cause he was already at the wall that we had planned to meet at. He had to come all the way back. And he's like, he's like, dude, I told you so. I told you to wait for me. And you know, but he was, uh, his name was Hetch. Thank you, Hatchy. You're the fucking man. He was such a nice guy, man. He was so cool. He saved my ass. And, and, uh, we, uh, looked around to try and find the cameras and the taxi with no luck, obviously. And we went back to the store, got some more paint and went to another wall the next day. And I painted with like what dignity and spirit I had left, still painted a wall. I ended up painting like this, this warrior guy with this chest plate and this armor and, there was a hole where his heart was, and his his heart was exposed. Kind of like a way to show the the vulnerability that I had that day, and and just kind of put it on the wall. My anger and all the frustrations of myself, put it on the wall, and just be done with it.
0: That's sick, man. You actually included that in your video too. Like you said, you like that's very honest and very genuine. A lot of people, especially in this whole Instagram. Uh, mentality. People just want to look their best all the time. They don't want to show that they've got any weaknesses or, oh shit, everything didn't go anything less than perfect, you know? So uh, I really respect, that's one of the first videos that I saw and I was like, damn man, homie lost all this shit but kept going. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. So what are uh, what are some of your travel essentials, man? Or is there like, you know, you carrying vitamin C to keep you like healthy out there? What are you doing? What are some of your uh, your backpack essentials?
1: sunscreen and a sketchbook baby (laughs) you know like i don't i'm not a guru i'm not i'm just a guy who likes to get out there and 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 figure it out and and uh i've never thankfully i've never had any hiccups with food poisoning or anything like that like i've been blessed in that regard but um you know my and just i don't know just those two things sunscreen and sketchbook (laughs) So, uh, so
0: filmmaking and, and making your videos, dude, that's, you've definitely got it down to a fine art, so much so that you made your own short film, Kipto vs. Robot, man, so tell the people a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, man, so I've, i said earlier, I've been making movies since I was 13 years old, man, just backyard movies, I'm, ob- I'm obsessed with the art form, and just as much as I'm obsessed with painting as I am with movies, and I'm such an action movie nerd, and I grew up on, like, Mission Impossible and Die Hard and stuff, so... Um, I just, I, when I, uh, moved out here to LA three and a half years ago, my, my movie making juices were just like flowing, man. I was just like, man, I really got to make a movie, like a proper movie. I've made, I, I made short films every summer when I was growing up in high school, every summer I made a new short film, but you know, they're high school movies, they're not real movies, right? So, um, I wanted to make a real proper short film that looked like a real short film. And luckily, you know, I had this this guy chet he moved into my apartment we were acquaintances at the restaurant i had to work at and um he moved in and like three months later we were just sitting around in the living room in the kitchen talking talking bullshit and, and like shooting the shit and we were just like you know we'll be sick and we just came up with this idea and like it starts with a little a little tiny speck it's like you know it would be sick it's not even like a movie idea which is like you know it'd be sick and then it turns into oh that would be cool if we did this and that would be we never actually wrote a script it's there's no actual written script for this movie it's wow. just ideas uh stitched together and i scribbled it with handwriting in my notebook i was like wait wait hold on i gotta write that down i gotta write that down and then we would like sit in the living room on the, on the couch and i would just like take notes on my phone be like okay let's do that let's do that and s- somehow we made a movie and <laughs> it was just like the most incredible, rewarding, challenging thought provoking experience of of my life I have to say we we uh Chet had done some costume work in the past for his other short films um but nothing like this. This was a huge endeavor for for both of us, and we ended up spending three months building this robot suit from scratch using eva foam and plastic that we found from the dollar store and it was f- so much fun dude it was so much fun and like each piece that we made was just like getting better and better and we were so excited spent so much time as soon as you got a piece done you put it on and we we're just like ah fuck, it's so cool and we we're just shouting at each other in excitement and um man it was it was so cool and then we got an actor to play the robot and the buff gun actually buffs yeah man we we found a you know a spray gun and we built a f- fake plastic robot gun and we just shoved a regular paint sprayer inside of it screwed it in place and then we had an actual working buff bot and, and um you know we we had uh several days of rehearsal with the stunt choreography we made it all up ourselves and we just like okay let's just started punching each other. I'm like, okay, what do we do next? We should do this. Okay, what if I did this? That would make him do that. How do we get Kipto back up over here? How does the robot react to that? And we're trying to think about how it would all play out and we're just like acting it out as we as you would. Like two kids in a backyard, you know, and it was a blast. And uh we really, really just put everything we had into this I mean I mean everything. We went balls to the wall, as big and badass as we could do it all the stunt work, all the crazy stunts and the fights and the props and the flips and the, and the painting, everything. We just put it, we just went so hard and I'm so proud of everything we did. And we had this crazy, awesome, you were there, we had a premiere in Los Angeles. And, uh, it was just the most insane, rewarding thing I had ever done because, not only was I trying to finish the short film, like I, I did these I did all the sound effects, all the editing, everything myself. I had a guy do the coloring, and I had a guy do the music, and they both came out incredible. I loved those guys and um, and I was literally finishing the end credit sequence, the animation sequence as I was setting up this premiere party at the same time for the movie that wasn 't even finished yet, so I was stressed out to the max doing. So many things at once, ha- wearing so many hats, and uh, thankfully, Bo, you hooked me up with the with the spot in downtown LA, the 1908 Loft, and uh, I got the homing discount, and it just worked out so well. Everything everything fell into place, and like we projected it on the wall there in the loft. Uh, it was like so cool. The place was so big. I invited all my friends. Chet invited all his friends. Some of my fans came out. Me and Chet bought like 150 beers, some tequila. Everyone's just drinking and having a good time. And like all the love that was shown to me that night, I had painted a couple posters too. I printed out posters and like, you know, and then, you know, before the movie starts, we were, we're drinking for about an hour or two waiting for the sun to go down for it to get dark. And um, I introduced the movie. Me and Chet are just talking about how the process and how it was so challenging, and and we had the robot there in a mannequin, like pointing his gun at everybody. As soon as you walk in the door, there's the robot, and dude, it was amazing. And like as soon as the movie started, um, you know the the intro with the robot, and then all of a sudden, bam, the title card comes up, Kip the burst robot. Everyone's cheering like, Wah, yeah! I'm just like, clap. everyone's clapping, and I'm like, holy shit, this is insane. This is so awesome. It was like watching an Avengers movie, but it was my movie and everyone was cheering left and right and laughing and hollering and every time Kipto got a jab in everyone's like cheering I'm like this is fucking sick and like as soon as it was done I had this huge round of applause and, and I felt so so awesome and people loved the movie and like and then pe- the posters were flying off the shelf I was like signing those bad boys left and right and everyone like was trying to get their poster and dude it was amazing
0: Dude, standing ovation, that was, yeah, an amazing showing, shout out to Armin at the 1908 loft for uh, hooking it up, yeah, man, I mean, you talk about doing work all the way up to that point, you even had to buff a little bit more of the wall to project it on, you know, I mean, the work doesn't stop all the way up till it, you know, till it's live, dude, uh, it was amazing, man. I, I mean, li- like you said, it starts with a with a, a small dot, you know, just an idea. You guys went so hard. You even made newspapers, man. And you had these newspapers. I saw that shit. I was like, whoa, is this real? I thought that you had front page of the L.A. Times with your little buff robots on there. I was like, oh, this is heavy, bro. And then the ending credits, man. That's it, it, You created a film that is badass all the way through even the credits, you know, like... It, Everybody waited around to see if there was, like, similar to, like, the Avengers and all that. If there was, like, a second ending. We were like, oh, wait. Dude, it was badass, though, man. Standing ovation. I uh, I was so fucking proud of you when I saw that shit. I was like, god damn, man. This guy worked his ass off. And look, it's it was inspiring, man. It was and truly humbling and uh, super proud of you, man. It was dope. It was dope it, to be a fan and to also be a friend, you know. To also be able to go out and have a beer with you is, like, fucking sweet, you know. Uh, that that endeavor man you you fucking pulled it off dude that's a huge success and uh you've shown it at a couple festivals right
1: yeah so my the only reason i actually went to grenoble was to show my work they actually invited me for their little street art uh movie festival so i showed my my um electrical box animation and i showed kiptoverse robot and it was like a little on kind of offshoot of their real of their real street art fest but uh that was kind of the main reason I went to France. So, you know, I showed it to a bunch of people in, in France, so like on a, in a park and a big screen. And they, they, it was cool, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. The premiere was like the top thing that I'll ever get from that. But um, yeah, and actually I've been submitting it to festivals, to film festivals around the world. And uh, we just got invited to uh, we got accepted into the L.A. Indie Film Fest. Hey. So that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about that. I'm going to hang out with other filmmakers. And I'm going to, Jet's going to be at a wedding, but I'm going to take uh, my actor and uh, my my music guy. We're going to go we're gonna hang out at the fest.
0: That's sick, man.
1: You've been, uh, so
0: yeah, this filmmaking thing, it just seems like the obvious path for you bro you're gonna you're going to be up there doing the next black panther, which speaking of that you did a uh you did a mural for black panther i mean you've done you've done everything you did the video game mural, which is sick too but what is it uh that that seems to be kind of your influence the action the the heroes comic books the video game just all badass shit man where do, is that just like embracing your inner child and all the things that you like
1: absolutely man there's no doubt about it like i I grew up a huge like um superhero nerd. And not even like a comic book nerd. I wouldn't say a comic book nerd because I didn't actually read like tons of comics. I did read them, but not a whole lot. I wasn't like a huge collector getting them every week, every month. But um I just love the notion of superheroes and I I never grew out of that. And I, I always once I started uh painting artwork for myself and and really getting into me as Kip Toe, I realized you got to go inwards to, to find your, your true inspiration. And I just, I love superheroes, man. I love making these characters. And I'm not trying to paint, I'm not trying to paint like uh, Batman on the wall. I want to make my own Batman and put put kind of like my own spin on it. And, and like, yes, you can see there's superhero influence, but it's not a painting of superheroes. I mean, granted, I do that too. But like most of my work is is based around this idea of, superheroism or and like um but i also i like to a lot of my work is personal work and and something that I'm going through at the moment i'll I'll put it on the wall man, and that's kind of the best way to do it i think and you know I, a lot of my a lot of my murals have one name titles like confidence temptation, defiance, all these things that have this core kind of concept and i I kind of embrace that and kind of make a mural about that particular thing whether it be like this crazy like anthropomorphic rhino fighting through a, a crazy like wind like shower of, of wolves or or like this guy in a tie with like this devil woman like this devil woman on his shoulder and there's another woman in his tie and there's like wolves surrounding him and i do a lot of uh a lot of similar subjects like badass animals or wolves and rhinos and and, tigers, li- and lions man. and tigers and um, you'll see that a lot in my work, just because you know it's badass, and I like painting badass stuff. And um, there was a time in Colombia on my recent tour in last October, in Polychromia, it was you know I was traveling through four different uh, four different cities, Manizales, Pereira, Armenia, and Cali, and I had paint I had painted two murals in Manizales and one in Pereira, and they were all enormous huge walls by the time you get to Armenia the third stop you've been painting all week non-stop every week traveling all, like to the next place to the next place to the next place it's exhausting mentally more than physically like physically whatever mentally trying to paint these crazy murals and these crazy concepts and live up to my live up to my level that I set for myself like it's challenging man and like when I got to Armenia, I had I had nothing left. I had no ideas. I had run out of concepts, and I was stressed out to the max. Bro. I was almost on the verge of crying. I was sitting there in front of the wall, and then they had dropped me off. It was a f- supposed to be the first day of painting, but I didn't have anything to paint. So I just went to the wall, and I just sat there and looked at it for a while. I started, The locals came up. They started talking to me. Really, really nice guys. They kind of helped me relax a little bit and take a deep breath and step back and be like, Okay, it's, it's not the end of the world, man. Just just relax, drink a drink a Coke with these guys. They're going to take care of you. They don't care what you paint. They're just excited for you to be here. Don't think about it too hard. And then I went into the house. The woman made me a beautiful lunch and um I just sat there and I was like, oh, "Okay. It clicked." And I was like, "No, I get it." And I I drew up these quick thumbnails of these of these five characters. And like this guy, there's four characters and this guy in the middle. And that guy in the middle represented me. And these four characters were the challenges that I would faced so far on my trip. And the first one was like the terrain and the earth and, and all these things. Cause my first mural in Manizales was a fucking nightmare. And the wall was was incredibly uh, just rough, almost impossible to paint. And there was a, a giant like 12 foot ditch At the start of the wall like how am I supposed to paint this we had to shove the scaffolding like perpendicular to the wall and like just figure it out and I was tripping and sliding all throughout that it was a challenge I was like that's gonna be on there and then the next one was women just uh it's kind of more personal topic but I threw it up there anyways you know I trying to being a (laughs) traveling artist you know it's easy to kind of like get swooped up in women you know and um that's kind of a challenge, balancing that sometimes, you know? And so I put that up there. And then uh, the next one was um, this Poseidon-looking guy. And I had to deal with, like, the rain and all these torrential downpours and these thunderstorms that were that were happening while I was trying to paint. And the fourth one was supposed to be language because I'm really n- – I can speak Spanish, but not that well, right? I, just enough to get by a little bit. And um, so I kind of took – the idea of, of language, and I turned it into a broader statement of foreigner. So I was like, what uh, what's a good way to illustrate being a foreigner? So I uh, I put a monkey in a space suit, and I was like, a oh, space monkey. He's totally lost. You know, He's totally out of his comfort zone. So I had these four challenges personified into these characters, and then the guy in the middle was me, and then again with the heart exposed and kind of like showing your vulnerability and, and just putting your heart into, into everything. I is actually like one of my favorites from the trip because it was so personal to me and uh that's kind of how I sometimes that's how I break down a, a piece. That's sick, man. That
0: uh, dude, everything about that is badass. So so what's next from Kipto? What 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 are we gonna see next, man? You you talked a little bit about some stop motion stuff, maybe maybe some comics or something like that. What do we got going on next, bro? Yeah, man.
1: After this after this Europe tour I'm I'm kinda getting fatigued with the whole mural thing, to be honest. And uh painting walls is such a blast and a pleasure and I'll always be a special place in my heart, but I gotta I gotta switch gears, man, or else I'm gonna burn myself out. Painting walls, um, it can be uh rewarding but also exhausting because, you know, places that I paint they get painted over a lot. Um in the beginning of my career I did a lot of like murals, like permanent murals, but as I progress and I, I try and just paint everywhere you kind of find spots that are more kind of turnover a lot of big turnover rates so you're just kind of just painting for the moment painting for fun and um i kind of want to do something different and like i said uh, i have this huge respect for comic books and illustration i that's what i studied in school illustration so i want to kind of get back to that and do something along the lines of like the kiptoverse robot credits where i do like uh, a motion comic or combine uh like a live action film with the stop with the um the motion comics so like a combination really kind of get experimental with it and try try new things and I think that'll be a cool next step for me
0: That's awesome brother I uh this has been a blast man I've had you for almost an hour now I know you got to get on the road and head back to LA but uh brother thank you for coming out here man thank you for coming on the podcast thank you for climbing mountains with me it's been a fucking blast brother thank you
1: Thank you, bro. Uh, I look forward to to uh, hearing more from your podcast. Like, I'm really happy you're doing this. And it's been a blessing to to get to know you as a friend. And I truly appreciate you opening up your home to me. It's been a really fun weekend, man.
0: Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So uh, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you, uh, what's your YouTube channel, all that good stuff. So
1: I go by Kiptoe, K-I-P-T-O-E. You can find me, search Kiptoe on YouTube. Or, and I'm on Instagram at, at Kiptoe1, number one. Boom. Number
0: one, like this podcast, everybody. Like it and subscribe. Uh, Follow my homie on YouTube. Follow him on Instagram and everything else. Uh, We love you guys. Talk to you later. Peace. Hey guys, just wanted to thank you one more time for listening to the Outside Voice Studios podcast. Be sure that you download and subscribe now. Also follow us on Instagram at OutsideVoiceStudios.com and you can also check out our website www.OutsideVoiceStudios.com for canvas originals and other artworks by our artists. A couple quick shout outs. Shout out to Kipto. Thank you for coming on the show, brother. Shout out to JP Murals who was on our last show. Shout-out to the great one Eighters. We're going to get you guys on soon. Shout-out to artist brand Canvas. And last but not least, shout-out to Armin at the 1908 Lofts in the downtown L.A. Arts District. Thank you, guys. Peace.